Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Hello and welcome to the Overdue Podcast, Episode 20. I'm Kelly, and with me today are my fellow librarians, Dana. Hi there. Erica. Hello. And Mark. Hello. And we are pleased to have our special guest, Madison College instructor, Chris Sinna. Hello. Hi. (laughs) On today's podcast, our main segment will be a conversation with Chris on a variety of topics. We'll have trivial observations with Mark. And in honor of February's African American History Month, Mark will test our knowledge on African American history. And, of course, we'll have our Anything Goes recommendations. So, Chris, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay, I'll try to be succinct. Okay. Um, I'm from central Wisconsin, uh, Marshfield, exactly. Not Marshall, which Mm -hmm. is due north from here, but further due north is Mm -hmm. Marshfield. Um, And then I came to Madison, born and raised there, and then came to Madison in 87 to study at UW-Madison. Initially was a Spanish foreign language major, but oh. then um, took African American history, and that was it. I was hooked. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then I did my undergrad here, as well as uh, master's in Afro American studies. Okay. And I've been at Madison College ever since 1993. Wow, okay. So. Well, can you tell us a little bit about how you became interested in teaching? I think, well, I think it's from as long as I can remember. Um, I'm a first-generation student, mm-hmm. or student, um, person, and um, because of that, my parents always infused in us a very tremendous respect for teachers. Mm-hmm. So I always respected teachers. And with the idea of um, a, occupation, teaching seemed to be a very highly respectable occupation to choose. Even though I was not in the School of Education, uh, getting my master, I thought, well, my, most definitely I want to teach. Not just mm-hmm. write and publish and research. I want to teach. And thank goodness I've done exactly that. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, even though my parents never went to college, um, I have aunts and uncles that did go to college and become teachers. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of teachers in my family, right. even though I'm first gen. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, that's great. So um, you kind of answered this, but maybe you can get into a little bit of the backstory. Um, how long have you been teaching at Madison College, and which courses will you be teaching this spring semester 2019? Okay. I've been teaching here since September of 1993. Oh, wow. um, Dean Wimberly um, hired me to teach women's history um, even before I defended. I defended in December, but she hired me because I had the coursework. And my mentor, I remember when I said to my mentor, Bill Vandenberg, he's not retired, um, he said, um, I said, well, should I go? Should I interview for it? He goes, definitely go. Go. Because he knew that I wanted to be a teacher. He knew that I wanted to be in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like researching, and I have my research topics and things that I really love, and I still do a lot of research. But he always knew that teaching was my first love. Mm-hmm. So he said, most definitely go to Madison Area Technical College. That's what, the way it was, what it was called at the time. Mm-hmm. And I went, and I got hired, and I've been here ever since, and I love it. Because I love being wow. in the classroom. Awesome. Love it. That's awesome, yeah. So yeah, I've been here a long time. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Um, of all the courses you have taught, uh, which is your favorite and why? Oh, this is a hard one. Um, I think I would have to say because of what I went into, what field I went into, is Afro-American studies, okay. Afro-American history. Um, and because of my research topic, which is very unique, it's um, black nuns. That's my oh, research topic. Wow. Nuns are women, so I also do women's history. Hence, that's why I was hired in 1993 to mm -hmm. teach women's history. So that's, I would, I mean, yeah, Afro-American studies, not splinters, but goes off into other mm -hmm. women's history. I've done Native American history, uh, African history, because I'm also an Africanist. Okay. But my first love of teaching and research is Afro-American history. Mm. Right. If I'm going to have to make, give you a distinct, you know, a definitive answer, it's Afro-American history. Okay. <laughs> that course. <laughs> Duly noted. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we know that you've had uh, some experience with the present uh, South Campus of mm -hmm. Madison College, and yes. we were hoping you could tell us a little bit about that, and also uh, what you're looking forward to with the New South coming mm -hmm. in September 2019. Yes. Uh, regretfully, I've never taught a class there, but I've um, tutored there. I actually started tutoring there in like 19, 2013, I think it was. And then I just segued into advising, and I've been advising there ever since as well. Uh, I love that environment mm -hmm. at, at the old South. Um, I don't. I tutor everything. I tutored everything but math. Um, I did all the social sciences. I um, was working in the. Um, there wasn't a writing center at the time. There is now. I have to think about how what it was set up like back then. It really was just um, a room with computers. And then me in there, tutoring. Mm -hmm. um, other tutors, they had other math tutors there with me. And then now it's wonderful to be there because you have a library in that same room that I was in. It's so nice to see a library there with all these books. And then the writing center in there as well. Um, but now that I'm not a tutor anymore, I'm across the hall in an office um, advising, which I welcome as well. Um, I do like to go into the library and talk to librarians and the writing mm -hmm. center people and, and see the people that I worked with before as a tutor. In both the tutoring um, aspect and the advising aspect, I think it's going to be awesome to be at the new self because I know from talking to that, those students, they are so looking forward to have more and more services mm -hmm, yeah. at that location. Yeah. When I can now say to a student, oh, we have this class on this campus now, they are so thrilled because for a variety of reasons, for academic reasons, for personal reasons, for a lot of things, they don't have to worry about transportation. They don't have right. to worry about childcare. They don't have to worry about all these things. They can just be at the South Campus, and it's it's really it's a really wonderful place to be. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to having a bigger space, more wraparound services. Mm -hmm. I mean, what they have right now with regard to just what I mentioned, the library, the writing center, that is phenomenal for students, and then the tutoring services, which continue as well. But it's really nice to be able to say to students, "We have this for you," mm -hmm. and they are so grateful to have that yeah i've seen that that transformation and the realization that the new self is coming so their students are really anticipating that mm -hmm. they're really looking forward to it. just like we are right you know i know we i we drove by there a few weeks ago and I, i'm like whoa it's on yeah. this mm -hmm. yeah. well at the outside anyway yeah. great but yeah right yeah. oh yeah i mean and many students live in the neighborhood so they've been right. watching all this yes. yeah and hearing that it's coming so they're you can just it's palpable right, right. it's really it's palpable when you talk to when you you know advise students when you just run into students mm -hmm. you know and they say oh this is going to come isn't it? I said yep it's coming it's happening yeah, <laughs> it's a big deal so yeah it is a big deal 
So. Um, well, you mentioned the libraries. Mm-hmm. Thank you, several times. <laughs> um, but as an instructor, how do you introduce your students to the libraries? Uh, the first day, I have it in my syllabus, and I say, well, usually my books are on reserve mm-hmm. in the library. If you cannot afford them or if you can't get access to them, mm-hmm. visit the library. Um, I try to set up tours of the library. Even if students have already gone to the library, they've mm-hmm. already taken the tour, I try to schedule a history tour mm-hmm. because of the, the history discipline. It's so unique on how you research, how you look for things, mm-hmm. um, how you work with a librarian with regard to history. So I really try to set up tours, uh, formal tours with the library here mm-hmm. so that my students are familiar with that. And some say, oh, I'm already familiar with the library and I already appreciate the library. I said, well... Just enter, entertain the thought of revisiting it in a history context. And once they do that, they are they do see the difference yeah, between yeah. English and between other, if they're doing psych or whatever, they mm-hmm. see the difference. So, yeah, I, I, I really push the library a lot. Mm-hmm. I really do. Well, Not you. only the yeah. library here, but the Madison Public Library, yeah. inner library mm-hmm. loan. If you can't get access to something, talk to the librarian, and they'll find it for you. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, so, yeah, I... I was going to constantly. As a historian, I could not, I could not function right, at the library. Right. I just, I, I just, I just could not. Right. So. Well, I'm going to um, steer the conversation in a slightly different direction. We we know already that you have homeschooled your children. Mm-hmm. How do you introduce them to the libraries? From day one, <laughs> from day one. I mean, our home library is the Penny Branch Library, which is mm-hmm. on Cottage Grove Road, mm-hmm. and interestingly, they're expanding as well and they're out of they have now vacated their initial place where we where we took all of our kids when they were little mm-hmm. knee high to a grasshopper and then they're now over across the road in an interim space until the new one right. opens up mm-hmm. um so yeah from when our kids are we're carrying them in they go to the library all the librarians there know us mm-hmm. um i will use the old homeschool cliche that your best curriculum is a library card mm-hmm. i mean yeah you could and we've purchase curriculum and stuff like that you can buy that but really the best curriculum is a library card Mm -hmm. and we've tried to inculcate that with our children from day one (laughs) pretty branch is our home but on any at any given week either tony well tony Cena, who also teaches here he teaches math he or i will say well we're going to a library in the vicinity and we (laughs) look at the map and say let's go to mount horb or let's go to stone or let's Mm -hmm. go to sun prairie Mm Um, when Sun Prairie, I think, opened up the new one with the fireplace and the cafe, we were like, oh, yeah, let's go out there. <laughs> well, I haven't been there yet. Oh, yeah. So that's, uh, all of our kids know that. Mm-hmm. We'll do a weekly or a weekend trip to a library, mm-hmm. you nice. know, or go down to the UW, and I'll take them into uh, Memorial Library, one of my favorite mm-hmm. libraries, or the State Historical um, uh, Library. And I should also say, my twin, also is a historian, teaches at West, she went to library school at UW. Oh, okay. Her specialty okay. is archives. Mm-hmm. So... She's taken young kids of ours, and we have nine children, so she's taken even young kids, like five, mm-hmm. into, she's worked at the Veterans Museum, mm-hmm. so she's taken them into the archives and shown them, like, a wow. cullis from, you know, Civil War, and, wow. you know, so we're, besides my husband and my myself, my twin also is trying to really um, inculcate the love of libraries and archives mm-hmm. into our children, so. Great. Yeah. That's, that's, so nice. that's, that's awesome. That's amazing. So, yeah, we were always at the library. Like our second home. Yeah. And the new Penny Branch opens when? Is it this spring or summer? Or? I think, yeah, it's not the spring. It's later. It's They'll be in be the okay. in the interim space for a while. For a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the building's up, mm-hmm. but they, I think, have a lot more work to do on Cottage Grove Road because there's 
retail in there, I believe, and then mm-hmm. housing on the top. And it's it's a big undertaking, but everyone in the neighborhood is mm-hmm. in that area is elated <laughs> for the new penny. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. a big, yeah. very exciting. Yeah, the area looks a lot nicer now. Uh, Compared to the old well, Royster yeah. Clark, um, Royster, yeah. rotting away. Yeah, yeah the so. Royster Clark area. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, mean, I remember that because we we were always East Siders. Mm-hmm. Um, I first on Jennifer Street, then we moved further east. We went to Richard Street, and that's yeah, Royster Clark, the beautiful yellow <laughs> building with the graffiti all over it. And then it finally came down. We moved further east. So yeah, we were very very um, heartened to hear that they were going to have a brand new mm-hmm. building. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yes, it's very exciting for the whole neighborhood. Yeah, I, I can concur. I'm also in that neighborhood. And mm-hmm. I just love driving past it. <clears throat> yeah, it's very exciting. About mm-hmm. what will be. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, I think, Mark, you're right. It's going to really renovate that whole corridor mm-hmm. out to Cottage Grove Road. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Another thing you to be excited about besides the new self. <laughs> the new pin. <laughs> All right. So um, moving on. Now it's time for trivial observations. Okay, um, this episode's trivia in honor of our guest and also in honor of African American History Month coming up in February is about African American history. There are actually only three questions, okay. although the third question has nine or ten parts to oh it. So, okay. According to the official .gov site for African American History Month, who is generally credited with the idea of African American History Month, and what was the year it was first celebrated? Ooh. You don't cricket Frederick Douglass. <laughs> that, that would be a good guess. Hmm. Wow. Is it a 19th century or a 20th century? It overlaps slightly, oh, yeah. Okay. And I'm ashamed to say that I really knew very little about mm-hmm. this person until I was researching uh, for this. Okay. Are we stomping? Should I? I'm not yeah. stomping. I know it is. Oh, it's, oh, Car- oh. it's Carter G. Woodson. It, it is. Okay. Excellent. Right. Yeah. yeah, I was holding back. I'm like, I don't sure. want to. Oh, don't don't hold back. Okay, okay. <laughs> I don't want to. Like, <laughs> you know, when you play True Pursuit, you're always like, with your, if you're partnering up with somebody, you don't want to do that to somebody and like sure. monopolize everything. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I don't like It's Carter okay. G. Woodson. Yeah, Very he's good. known as the father of black history. He is. Yes. 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 He is the one that was credited with it because he devised the idea of having Black History Week first mm-hmm. and he picked february a lot of people i know i address this in my history class a lot of people are like well i don't understand why um it was chosen for black history month to be the shortest month of the year mm. and a lot of people have attributed it to like a white conspiracy theory oh. that that was it was the shortest month huh. where actually it was carter g woodson who's an african-american uh, um, academician mm-hmm. who selected february because of the birthdays of abraham mm-hmm. lincoln and frederick douglas, and frederick douglas. Yeah. we don't know the exact date of frederick douglas's birth but he surmised it was February that he was born. Okay. So that's why Curtis G. Woodson selected that month, or that week first, and then it was expanded to a month. Mm. As far as the exact year, yeah, can I say, oh, I'm going to venture a guess ahead. here. For the wedge, for True Pursuit. Sure. For the blue, for history. Um, <laughs> 1919? Ooh, pretty close. Um, within a decade. Ooh. Um, it, you know, the, the conversation started right about that, but... At least from the .gov site, okay. um, the first official they, they said was 1926. Okay, okay. but okay. You, you're right on with mm-hmm. where, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, great, Yay. excellent. All right. <laughs> yeah, please don't. I get the wedge. I get the wedge. See, it's, it's us against him. So, <laughs> however, we okay. can team up. Okay. Okay. 
I'm all for and, cooperative. <laughs> yeah. You know, I had learned a little bit about uh, looking at that uh, webpage, and I just learned a little bit more right yeah. here. Yeah. So th- that was uh, that was mm-hmm. great. Question number two: Black profiles in courage, brothers in arms, and on the shoulders of giants are three books on various aspects of African American history that are in the Madison College Library collection. They are all written by what former NBA star, NBA National Basketball Association star? Oh. They're written uh, or edited by this mm-hmm. individual. I uh, gotta guess. Is could, it Kareem abdul Jabbar? It is. Yay! <laughs> and, I didn't want to jump out. I, I saw your what eye. What were the I've titles been... again? Uh, Black Profiles and Courage, which okay. um, he wrote a forward for, for, and it was a collection of... Uh, African-American, you know, general in history. Brothers in Arms is with uh, uh, World War II. Okay. Um, great. Great. Yay. All right. Yay, Dana. <laughs> All right. And then the third question, if you wanted to celebrate African-American History Month by visiting a museum, there are many fine museums across the country to visit. I'm going to tell um, the panel here uh, the name of a museum and they're going to try to tell me where it's located. Okay. The first one, the National Museum of African American History and Cultures. D.C. It is. Right. And uh, relatively new, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Is it on the mall there? Smithsonian, yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. I haven't been yet, but I've heard only wonderful things about it. Okay. I've had my students go there virtually. Oh, cool. Visit the exhibits. Except right at the moment, they might want to check to see if it's open. It is. That's right. Yeah. It's closed. I got more. Because they sent me. Oh. They, they were closed as of January 4th. Okay. Oh. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Um, the second one, in honor of uh, the father of African American History Month, there is the Dr. Carter G. Woodson African American History Museum, which is supposed to be fabulous um, from reading the description about it. I don't know anything about him, so I'm sure it's where he's from. I'm going to go East Coast. (laughs) No. um, I was actually surprised where this was located. Um, Okay. You're stumped. I'm stumped. Okay. St. Petersburg, Florida. Oh. So... Is he he from... I don't... I don't think so. I thought he was more Northeastern myself. Okay. But... Florida is really unique with regard to African-American history. Okay, Um, yeah. St. Augustine, the oldest city... And it was a very prominent African-American historical site. So I'm not surprised now that I hear that where it is. I'm not surprised. Hmm. And researching for this, uh, yeah, there were several um, mm-hmm. museums in, in Florida. So, mm-hmm. okay. Uh, the National Voting Rights Museum. Ooh. Um, I would guess in the South somewhere. I would say Selma. Yeah. It Selma. is Selma. Okay, yes. Okay. Buddy Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would yeah. say Selma. Next one, the National Civil Rights Museum. And if you could tell me not only where it's located, but uh, place in the city it's located, that'd be great. Atlanta? It is not Atlanta, Atlanta? Uh, pretty, oh, but oh, you're thinking along yes. the right track. Um, go west from Atlanta, due west. Memphis? It is Memphis, yeah. Yes. And <laughs> for an extra point, uh, what... what Building are they wow. using? I've for... never been to Memphis. Mm-hmm. I don't know. 
the Lorraine Motel. Oh, yes. Yeah. That's oh, right. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. We're of course. Shot, we yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Should have known. Wow. So the whole motel is a, a museum or just? That, yeah, that wow. is a good question. I don't know that detail. Yeah. 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 Wow, that's yeah. great. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. The National Museum of African American Music. Mm -hmm. Ooh. Um, again, Narlene? in the South. <laughs> Narlene's? Yeah. Not, that's a terrific guess. It, it is not. What, uh, what, when you think of music Nashville? place in Nashville. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Second choice. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we can move it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the next one I've been to and would strongly recommend it, uh, the National Underground Railroad I Museum. I know that. Cincinnati. Right. And it's beautiful. It's yeah. right on the river. And yeah. And Cincinnati is not one of those places <laughs> that you would think of to when you're making vacation plans to go to. Mm -hmm. But if you're ever thinking of a long weekend, it is yeah. surprisingly interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's funny when you said that like, you're right, a lot of people don't think Cincinnati. Yeah. A lot of people don't even think Ohio. Yeah. Right. Well, it is a very right. intriguing state. Uh -huh. yeah. It really is. Yeah. yeah. But Cincinnati is very old, and a mm -hmm. lot of mm -hmm. the buildings they've kept up and actually renovated in the over the Rhine area. Mm -hmm. uh, some really Beautiful. nice museums, yeah. and very surprisingly walkable mm -hmm. in the downtown, at least in the downtown. Mm -hmm. Right. Area, so. mm -hmm. okay. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> I knew one. Yay. Uh -huh. I'll look forward to my check from the Cincinnati convention. Okay, a little way away from Cincinnati, the Muhammad Ali Center or Museum. Louisville, Kentucky. Oh, wow. Correct. And they just named the airport after him just this last week. Great. They, it. they decided oh, to name wow. it after him. Yes. Well, I was, Louisville boy, yeah. I was there, but it was on a Monday, and it was closed. Oh. So. <laughs> it was, oh, but I'm going to go back. Yeah. Okay, if you're a sports fan, the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum and Hall of Fame. I, I, I have a guess. Sure. Is it Kansas City? It is Kansas City. Okay, great. And it's, it's in a section of uh, Kansas City that was heavily African American, and it shares a facility with uh, the American Jazz Museum. Mm -hmm. Well worth a visit, uh, even if you're not a baseball fan. So. All right. The DuSable Museum. Chicago. Chicago. And, and he's one of the founders of, yeah, one okay. of the founders. He's African American Catholic, so he specialized black Catholic. Yeah. And where exactly in Chicago, not to put you on the spot, do you? I don't um, remember the street name. Okay. I don't, but it's huge. That, that's okay. a very prominent, you know, uh, African American museum. Yeah. All right. And then the final one, um, I'm ashamed to say personally that I was not really that aware of it, um, but would certainly like to visit it. America's Black Holocaust Museum. Oh. oh. It's in Milwaukee, is it? Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It was founded by James Cameron, who's also black Catholic. Um, years ago, he has since died. He died like in the like, 1990s. In his 90s. And it, I don't know if your research you've came up with this, but it's been defunct for like 10 years. And actually, is it Christopher Abler, Abley, who is, uh, he just granted money yes, to right. bring it to fruition. And yeah. it got a new building. Yes, and, yes, yeah. yes. Oh, yeah. oh wow. great. So it was not functioning for like for 10 years. Right. Yes, yes, after he died. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Dr. Um, Cameron was very interesting. He actually survived a lynching. Oh. Um, that very prominent lynching picture that you probably have seen, like two or three men, um, those were his friends that were lynched. And the mm. noose was around his neck. And... He was taken around and he fled. 
and he said we need that's what one of the reasons why he started the museum yeah, right. he said we need to document the african-american holocaust yeah, right. and he did it and that's why he named it the black holocaust museum okay. Oh yeah, wow. Dr. Cameron. There's actually been a play. UW Madison did a play about his life. Mm. Dr. James Cameron. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. And that's it for this week's trivia. Although I would like to ask our guest, are there any other uh, museums that come to mind uh, that you would recommend? Um, Just I, in Wisconsin? Is no. Uh, Anywhere? Yeah. Mm, you've hit on a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the the big one that I turn to now is um, the one in D.C., but the Schomburg comes up in New York. Okay. That's huge for, for literature, African-American literature, the Harlem Renaissance. Mm-hmm. I know when I was in grad school, I turned to the Schomburg a lot. Um, as far as other literature, other research that I did, um, for, as far as black nuns were concerned, any of the orders. I, I went to Savannah, mm-hmm. Georgia, did a lot of research there. I went to New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Um, there's The only black Catholic university is in New Orleans, mm-hmm. um, Xavier University. So I did a lot of research there. They also have museums attached to them. The, as far as the orders are concerned, it's kind of harder because they don't have a lot of archivists or librarians. Um, the nuns are kind of they kind of wear a lot of hats or habits in this case. <laughs> um, but you hit a lot of the big museums I can think of. Mm-hmm. Um, I know this is international. Just opened up recently in Dakar, Senegal, um, Black Civilization Museum okay. oh, in wow. Dakar. That's okay. On my list, not my bucket list, but on my list. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's an international black museum mm-hmm. that I would wow. definitely cite. All right. So, great. Great. Well, yeah. great, Mark. That was really yeah, great. informative. Yeah, questions. Mm-hmm. I love it. Okay, so now it's time for our Anything Goes recommendations. And uh, let's let our guests go first. I have three things that I'd like to recommend. Oh, good. Book. Uh, locale, place to eat, and then music. Um, right. A new artist that I found. Right. Um, the book, one of the books I most recently read over break was called The Unlikely Journey, Waking Up from the, My American Dream. And it was written, and very well written, because I read it very quickly. I did have to sleep, though. It was done by Julian Castro, Julian Castro, mm-hmm. the most recent um, 2020 Democratic um, oh. uh, candidate to throw his hat in the ring. It's a great read. Uh, he had been formerly the mayor of San Antonio. Um, I was intrigued by him, too. I mean, I watched his speech in the 2016? Yeah, 2016. Yeah, I, he spoke I think. Or 2012. He spoke in 2012 at the Democratic Convention. Yeah. Um, I'm also, because I'm a twin, intrigued, because his twin, <laughs> uh, Joaquin, is um, a rep in the House of Representatives. So if he would become president, which I strongly behind that um we'd probably get a twofer because we'd have his twin who'd be also politically active but it was a great read as far as um a great place to eat this is an old establishment in madison that i want to read because i went walked past it last night portobello on francis street mm. okay um, i found that place when i was probably undergrad yeah and yeah now it's sandwiched behind a lot of high-rise apartment complexes but it's still that quaint little place. It has a little um, phone in the front. It was born yesterday. Mm-hmm. But um, it's a phone inside. They have great fettuccine Alfredo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, And then lastly, um, Nuki Jones, um, who's from Minneapolis. I just saw him at the Majestic for Funk Fest. Uh, yeah, I have, I, I'm, what, 51? I'll be 51 soon. I like old music, but I like to keep up with new music, too. And he's touted as the new... Stevie Wonder, Prince mm-hmm. okay. artist, and he, if you look him up on YouTube, he writes a lot of his own 
stuff. Yeah. Plus, one of my favorite songs that he did not do the other night is um, People Get Ready by um, Artist okay. Mayfield and mm-hmm. the Impressions. But he does, on YouTube, he does really good rendition. Mm-hmm. Right. So, Nuki Jones. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I have to tell my husband about that. People Get Ready is his favorite song. Oh, <laughs> right. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. All right. Um, Erica, would you like to go next? Um, well, it's funny that you mentioned Prince. Um, mm. Because just this week, I... I, he came up multiple times, um, and um, each time we were talking about them, just you know, at work and sort of back room office conversations, and um, we did a little re- research, and I had no idea just how much writing that he has done for other, other artists. People, yeah. Um, so I knew a lot about his music, but just you know, I didn't know how really prolific of a writer um, he was. So my recommendation is just to like go back and um, definitely listen to his stuff, his music, but also you know favorite artists. Like research to see what else they're doing, and um, you'd be really surprised um, yeah. just how you know widespread their talent really is. And I found that really fascinating. So yeah, you know we were talking about museums earlier. If there isn't one currently. Uh, Minneapolis should. Um, they have Paisley Park. They, so Paisley Park Paisley is Park. actually being yeah, converted. That, guess, to, so now it's, yeah. it's open. Oh, yeah, it's all right. Open. All right. I wasn't yeah. sure if that had been. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I get their, their notifications. All right. <laughs> yeah. I'm a big fan of Prince. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. Great. So they made it a full fledged yeah, museum. Full fledged museum. Paisley Park. Park. Yeah, and there's nice like radiations yeah. of tickets. They have the full tour where you can go through every place in the house. And they have others where it's more, less expensive, but oh, they go through excellent. lots yeah. of different places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's fun, you know, it's it's sort of sad that you find out more and more things mm. about you know, um, you know, make favorite musicians after they're gone. Right. Um, but yeah, it was just the list was so long, most definitely more like than you can remember. Uh, mm-hmm. um, just how many musicians he's worked with. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. All right. Dana, um, how about you? Yeah, everyone's looking at me, so I'll go next. <laughs> <laughs> um, <hated> so, <laughs> um, my recommendation, I uh, I guess my mind works a little differently than a lot of people's. I have this very logical, I guess, way of seeing the things, and I'm a, I'm a list maker. Mm-hmm. I'm very or, like time-oriented, and I saw one you of my... A good library. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, well, I, I can't take credit for discovering this tool. One of our librarians I saw using this, it's um, a productivity tool that I, I just saw her using, and it's called KanbanFlow.com. Um, it's, it's a time management tool that you can just have columns, mm-hmm. And you name your column whatever you want. I named, I have four different columns. One of my columns is less than 30 minute tasks. I call it my easy tasks. And then my other one I call my heavy lifting. Those are like what I expect to be more than 30 minute tasks. Mm. I have an in progress column and a done column. Mm. And you can just very easily add things to the list. And when you're done, just click and drag it over to the done list, done column. Mm. And so it's super nice. It's very easy. It's free, which everybody likes. Mm-hmm. But um, what they say, you know, when things are free, you're the you're the product. Yeah. Um, yeah. So take it with that in mm-hmm. mind. Um, you can use it just as your own, or you can invite people to be on these boards with you. So for team task management, mm-hmm. it could be very helpful. 
very bad judgment. Yeah, yeah I know. Bad. I was yeah, just thinking about that. Like, I could tell my husband to do things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and you can add comments, subtasks, mm-hmm. due dates. You can make recurring events. So it's super customizable. Um, and one of the things that I've really been enjoying is a timer. I don't know if anybody's heard of the Pomodoro technique, but like you work really fast or really, really diligently for 25 minutes and take a five minute break. Mm-hmm. Work for 25 minutes, take a five minute break, and it keeps track for you. So if you start that timer, you can click on one of your tasks, and um, I didn't expect this, but as I've been using it a couple days now, I'm finding like it keeps track of how many minutes you spend on each task, which has been helpful for me in visualizing how much time I need to do tasks in the future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what one thing that I put in my more than 30 minutes column, um, I've, I spent three hours on it yesterday, and mm-hmm. I was like, wow, I didn't realize it took that yeah. long, but I'm doing it in just chunks so that's been really helpful and uh, it's only been a couple of days but that done column doesn't go away you just have that for stats like forever Mm. so I've been really helped out by this and very excited about it and it's Kanban K-A-N-B-A-N flow F-L-O-W dot com all Mm. one word so I recommend that for keeping track of your tasks and did you say oh sorry go ahead uh, did you say that it was an app or a desktop? Oh, good uh, question. I use it on the desktop, but you can also go to their mobile site. Mm. It's not an app, but mobile. It's okay. great. It just displays one column at a time okay. in a mobile environment, okay. and you can just swipe back and forth. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Thank you. Great. Yeah. And I was just curious, the Pomodoro technique, mm-hmm. um, has that been actually um, suggested by like our student achievement centers or mm. promoted or by oh. this school? It, it seems to me I've seen that somewhere. Yeah, I've, some I've seen it somewhere, college. too. It does sound familiar. Yeah. We yeah. just got in a book. Oh, oh, library. <laughs> Perhaps that, yeah. See, I think my husband uses that with the kids for okay. like, yeah. their tasks at, at home. So, well, I'm going to set the timer for like 10 minutes or 20 minutes. Go do your thing and then come back and then we'll read Quinoiter. Yeah. I don't know if he named it that, yeah. but he definitely practices that. I was sort of thinking the same thing. Yeah. I don't know that I necessarily do 25 and then five minutes, but I feel like... You know, mentally, I'm like, okay, I have to do all of these things, right. and then my my reward is going to be like this, like mm-hmm. walk, you know, down to the end of the building for right. a bathroom break or whatever, you know. Yeah. So mentally, mm-hmm. I think I kind of tried to section, but maybe timing it would be more productive. Yeah, yeah so it's very cool. Yeah, and you get that sense of accomplishment. Yeah, it's yeah. good. It just, I like just feeds that. itself. Like, yeah, what more? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. which is probably why that done column never mm-hmm. disappears because you right. see yeah. your hard work right. displayed. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll go next, and I'm really going to spread my wings on this recommendation. Um, <laughs> it's a nonfiction book called The Library Book, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's by Susan Orlean. And it's about the history of the L.A. Central Library, um, and uh, it was destroyed by a fire in 1986. Mm-hmm. And I kind of feel like mm-hmm. I have a personal interest because I moved a few years after that to L.A., and it was always in the news and um, just the progress of you know bringing it back. And what's what's one of the things I found interesting about it is um, that you know our um, we think the library is a third space is kind of a new thing, but it's not. Um, when the LA uh, Library started, they had um, chess clubs, literacy programs, uh, book clubs, and one thing I really liked was a lending library for toys, mm-hmm. for balls and roller skates for yeah. kids that couldn't afford them. Right. So that was really interesting. And then also just the fire itself was interesting. Um, uh, the um, most fires burn uh, yellow, red, um, 
uh, orange, uh, and even black. But this fire burned blue because it was so hot. And the building was like a thick adobe um, art deco building. So it was basically an oven. Mm. And it had two million books to burn. Oh. Yeah. And so it was just this un... Um, it took them seven hours to put the fire out. Wow. And it still smoldered for well, sure. two or three days What's after. Do they know what... The... It was arson. Yeah. Oh. And yeah. And um, and they're pretty sure they've narrowed it down to it was a waste pe- paper basket. So it was intentionally set, yeah. um, without a doubt. Mm. Um, it was always just unclear exactly who did it. And they had a suspect. Um, and he, his story is interesting. Um, he was kind of a guy that liked to tell stories and talk. And he actually, I guess he was near there that day. And he started telling friends, oh, yeah, I was at the library. And, you know, then he started joking, oh, it was me that set the fire. So I don't think he did it, though. Um, They never went to trial. Uh, He unfortunately died um, of HIV AIDS. Mm -hmm. Um, So they were like, we're not going to take a dying man to to, on trial. So um, but it's also the story of bringing the library back. It took him seven years to clean it up. Um, Some of the books were actually saved by sticking them in a freezer and um, and then drying them out. There's just this whole process. And then um, another aspect that I thought was interesting was the PTSD that not only the firefighters suffered, but the librarians. Sure. And they really, um, they were depressed. Um, yeah. They, you know, they needed to talk to someone. And, and just the list of all the ir- the things that were lost and are never, I mean, some of the books you, we can replace, no mm-hmm. problem. But these were rare, mm-hmm. you know, one-of-a-kind items. And just to read the mm-hmm. list just makes you ill. But it, it's a great, it's a great read. Um, did I, I think I read it in three or four days, mm. so it's a uh, very, very good. So that was the library book by Susan Orlean. Yeah, and that's uh, definitely on my list of mm-hmm. things yeah. to read for mm-hmm. this year. So, okay. And my recommendation, given uh, the themes today of uh, what libraries mean to us, and also African American History Month, I'm going to recommend a few books by an author named Wayne Wiegand, <laughs> W-I-E-G-A-N-D. Mm-hmm. Wayne Wiegand actually used to be a library professor here mm-hmm. at UW-Madison. Mm-hmm. I personally, I, I took him for a few classes, and for me, he was one of my favorite uh, professors. He went at courses thinking, um, you know, how what we're talking about and what libraries do, how does it f- affect the community mm-hmm. and people, and what can we do for them? Mm-hmm. And um, a couple of the books that he wrote that are in the Madison College Libraries collection on the topic of what libraries can do. One uh, was Main Street Public Library, Community Places and Reading Spaces in the Rural Heartland. And then uh, another one is Part of Our Lives, A People's History of the American Public Library. And then just recently, in the last year, the desegregation of public libraries in the Jim Crow South, civil rights and local activism. And it's something that I'm uh, very much Mm. uh, looking forward to reading. All right. Sounds great. Really good. Mm. All right. Well, thanks everyone. Um, And thank you, Chris, for taking the time out to your busy schedule (laughs) to, to talk with us. Yeah. Um, Please rate and review us on iTunes and subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, It helps more people find us. And the Overdue Podcast is a production of Madison College Libraries and the Student Achievement Centers. See you next time.